All right. Welcome into Educational Leadership on the go. We are here in the month of February. So look at that back-to-back months in January. I'm back here as we promised in February. So just of note, it's about February 11th when we are recording this. I think that even though they're evergreen episodes and we want people to listen all the time, I think it's always decent to know uh, when because things we say, as we've learned, uh, especially in the last year from 2020 to 21, things change and change fast. Um, So I just think that's always something to keep in mind. So my name's Dustin Bain. I'll be your host and I'm joined by the usual suspects. Uh, Dr. Jamie Wellborn, Dr. Ryan Looning, um, and they are with us this evening. So how y'all doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just uh, starting the semester back up for uh, higher ed, I guess. So things are moving quite along. Um, lots of culture proficiency work in, in my life and all things are good right now. So good. Ryan? It's, it's cold in St. Louis, so uh, I don't know where everybody's listening from. I hope it's a lot, a heck of a lot warmer where you are than uh, in St. Louis right now. This weekend, our highs are like eight degrees and we're negative below. So I'm sure some people up north who listen are probably saying that's nothing. That's not a big deal. But uh, for us in St. Louis, this is a little, little, little too cold for this type of year. Yeah, I got to be honest, like um, obviously this last year has been different, but like going back to last March when we went into like quarantine where you'd never left your house. That's how I felt for like the last three or four days with all the snow and ice and different things. So I am super antsy. Uh, we are hopefully going to have school tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. So I'm actually looking forward to getting back, seeing the kiddos and whatnot. So I was just telling uh, Jamie and Ryan before we came on that people are still contacting us and believe it or not, are still listening to this uh, crazy podcast here. So uh, subscribe on iTunes. We are out there on pretty much all platforms, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, all those. And you guys can reach out to us at leadonthego at gmail.com. We've been getting uh, emails, a couple of emails between each, each episode. So if you're looking for materials, I had somebody uh, reach out about grit and some of the stuff that they podcasts, like we talk about evergreen podcasts from a long time ago. Um, people just listening and picking which one. So please don't ever hesitate. Um, to reach out and we've got a great base here and hopefully we can continue to expand that. So without uh, much more, try to keep this to the point. This month we wanted to tackle something and, and Jamie um, bringing the brains of this operation, found some great articles. Uh, I'm going to give both articles and I will definitely try to link those in our show notes on the podcast. Um, but the first one Um, And probably the one that we will hit on the most is uh, from the Harvard School of Public Health, and it's called The Importance of Meta Leadership During the COVID-19 Crisis. That was written by Lisa Ellis. Second one, I'm not sure how much we'll use, but I think it's always right to go ahead and credit that is the American Psychological Association, How Leaders Can Maximize Trust and Minimize Stress During the COVID-19 Pandemic. I would say for that latter one, if it's just something basic, I mean, this is what barely a page altogether, man, if you want to send something out to staff, or if you're like an assistant soup, or maybe you're listening because you're in the healthcare, if you want to send something quick and to the point, this would be a great thing to look up. Um, again, American Psychological Association, how leaders can maximize trust and minimize stress 
during the COVID-19 pandemic. That would be a great thing. Just some highlighted bullet points. Um, but want to jump into this article. Um, and as we go along, we talked about kind of our format of just throwing out some things and, and see where it goes. So first off, I had to kind of figure out why we needed to add meta leadership to leadership and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, just reading this article, I, it's an article I was just telling Jamie and Ryan, and we both all kind of agreed. It's one of those you probably need to read and then read again later because it all kind of sits different. Um, and so there's things each time. So here's what, it, you know, when I hear meta, this is what I think of. And then uh, I almost want to say my point before I say it, but the prefix describes like an overarching grasp of problems. And then um, the next part of that is, so the overarching grasp of problems, but then the broad perspective of potential solutions. So for me, I told Jamie and Ryan before we came on, that has probably been the biggest thing in the last year, going back to March, um, is as leaders, you watch leaders. You know, as baseball players, you watch other baseball players, as whatever, you, you watch that profession. So as leaders ourselves, you're always going to look at leaders, whether they're political leaders, medical leaders, whatever. And it has just absolutely miffed me on how narrow-minded people are when it comes to leading. And um, what I mean by that is like this is, and, and I guess I should say that this article is actually written for basically medical professionals, which I really like that it gets you outside of that educational. But if you sit there and you're listening now, I want you to think about leaders that have been in your face for the last year. And when you watch them make decisions, maybe it's people you work for. It seems like they're, they're operating in a vacuum of, I can only do certain things. And when really big crisis like COVID-19 hit, we got to have people thinking way outside the box and not in a vacuum. So <laughs> Jamie and Ryan, when I start kind of rambling about meta leadership and looking outside that, what are some of the things that like maybe just in general you've seen in the last year or what's some things that maybe stuck out to you as I was talking there? So I'll, I'll just, I'll mention a couple things. And I think I first learned this when I was going through my doctoral program of uh, as a leader, having that ability to stand on the balcony and kind of oversee. And that's what this meta leadership really kind of made me think about is being able, um, you know, as, as you're living through those problems and creating those solutions, being able to see the bigger picture and uh, I, I think that sends us into this forward thinking of you, you've almost got to be ahead of yourself. Um, I think those successful leaders that do that. But the, the other thing this has made me think about the meta leadership. And I, you know, I, when I was reading through this article, took some notes. I started to draw some direct connections in, in good to great. You know, Jim Collins writes about level five leadership. And so I was drawing some, some big connections with meta leadership um, just with the uh, I guess, necessity of leaders to have that uh, professional will and humility. So like, those are some of the things that are on my mind tonight as, we, as we're as we talking about this, when you, when you talk about leading through this uh, COVID pandemic, uh, those are some of the things that I'm thinking about. Yeah, and I just uh, add on to that, Dustin, the, you know, the, they talk about the most effective leaders being self-aware and emotionally grounded um, and we drive to the knowns. The thing that has really struggled for me as a, as a leader 
um, of a high school has been the fact that there's been so many unknowns um, and it's constantly changing. So I, I do consider myself fairly grounded and someone who's, who's pretty self-aware and, and has a pretty good pulse of, of, of a school. And I know in our last episode, I talked a lot about how um, never been in a position where as a leader, as, as a meta leader, you, 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 when, when you're making a decision now, 50% of the population is okay with it. And 50% of the population is not happy at all. So very different type of, of leadership and trying to make sure that we are, um, we're used to maybe, you know, not pleasing 100% of the population, but certainly closer to, you know, 70 or 80% of the population. So um, being a leader now, and, and I, I think this also speaks to maybe where our political world is, not just, you know, a, a leader of a high school is, um, you, it is really hard to make decisions. And I think that's where a lot of people are backing off on wanting to make decisions because uh, when you have your name on it, then if it goes bad, it's, it's, it's on you. So the, the less, you, the less uh, decisions you have to make um, and, and the, the important ones, um, that's where you end up kind of being a wishy-washy leader. And uh, again, I think, you know, we need strong leadership now. And again, if, 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 you, if, you make leader, if you make leadership decisions that are with the information you have that are in the best interest of your students and your staff, then, then you have to be solid with that. And if it works, it, it's awesome. But if it doesn't, you need to, you know, take a look at it and figure out what didn't go well and, and revamp it. But uh, I think there's a lot of people who are so scared to even make a decision right now. That's what I really took from the article is that, uh, it really gave you some concrete strategies on how to, uh, you know, build build strategies to make these decisions to help make your staff feel safe and happy and, and good with it, as well as your students. Yeah, and I guess I like, I, that's where I want to have this discussion. Like, this is what, and Ryan, you got me to like, making me think is like, so I pose this question, because I don't even know where it'll go. But I, this is what I love about this conversation is like, is it that they don't want to make decisions? Or is it that they <laughs> don't have the ability to think outside the box to make a decision that they think sounds appropriate? And so like, like our entire educational system was turned upside down darn near 365 days ago. And that in the places that fell apart are probably because their leader fell apart, right? And so one of the things it talks about in this article, kind of going back to my original point, and then if you guys want to jump in, because this is something that just like has continued to, I've struggled with is like, so it talks about the career tracks of people. And so again, remember this article is written as a healthcare professional, but it talks about the career tracks of many healthcare executives have taken them through promotion up the clinical ranks. They have, they have deep technical medical expertise, yet they have not developed the aptitude for the human factors of leadership. And so we have people in education the same way. Their abilities intellectually, and they can quote every book there was ever written, and they've went to every conference, and they can talk it, and it's got them so far. And that could be the grade level teacher to the grade level chair to the principal. And so that's what I'm talking about is we've, We've, we're up against a crisis we've never, none of us have ever experienced. Many of, I don't know, all of us have never experienced. So you're going along in life and you're going and you're getting promotion after promotion after promotion. And then crap hits the fan. And now you're really got to be a leader. And that's to me what has been so interesting to watch is just 
oh crap now. And then going back to what you said, Ryan is, is it that they don't want, they don't want to make the decision or they don't even know what decision to make. And so Jamie, I saw you kind of like, give me a face there when I said that, what were your, what were your initial thoughts? Well, so I, I mean, I think there's probably both out there. My mind went for a little bit on like the difference between a, a leader and a manager too, which I, I don't, yeah. I don't know yeah. that I'm going to continue that thought, but um, that, that my mind went there for just a second. Like those leadership skills, when you think about like when we were coming up through the ranks, if you will, um, just watching people, right. And, and thinking about how we would end up being as leaders and picking up those good, those qualities, those ability to make decisions. Um, you know, when I was first hired at SLU, I was running um, a multi-million dollar grant. And when, when you're running something of that size, similar to like a school district, right? Um, problems come up all the time. And I think having those problem solving abilities is key, one, to this meta leadership. Um, but, but there's a particular way I think that you you have to go about doing that um, and, and like I say I, I'm not sure exactly what that is um, but just being able to process um, having a team around you to support I also think about like myself in making those decisions so I'm I wouldn't consider myself right now in a position similar not similar I'm not similar to you all um, like I don't have that high level position right now where I'm having to make some of those big calls anymore, but within the last five years, I, I have had that. And I just think about when I would, would have to make a decision where I knew 50% of my population was going to be really happy that I went this way and 50% was going to be mad at me. Right. And thinking that I did, did something awful like that weighed so heavily on me. And that makes me, I guess, connect to back back to that level five leadership um and they talk a little bit about in this article just about that legacy you know what is it at the end of the day that not at the end of the day at the end of your career that people look back and they saw how you made decisions they saw how you problem solved through the most difficult times um and I think it comes down to taking care of your people so when you think about that you know as, as building leaders taking care of your staff taking care of your students, um, taking care of, you know, taking care of families. So I know I'm just kind of rambling on, but those are some of the, the connections that I'm making. Yeah. And I, I would just jump in with the kind of going back to what Dustin a little bit talked about with, um, are people scared to make that decision or not prepared to, or, you know, what, what the deal is there. And I, you know, I've never been one to back away from decisions, but, uh, and, and again, I think this kind of shows where we're at in our, our in, in the country right now with, you know, in, in our buildings, you know, Dustin, you know, this is we have people who are scared to death to walk into the building every single day and, and they do it because it's their job and they feel like they have to. And we have people in our building who think this is a hoax or it's just, you know, it's not real. Um, now, I think most of those people have kind of been disproven through the through the last 12 months. But, um, you know, at the beginning, that's that's where we were. So you're trying to make decisions that, you know, as a leader that are going to help both sides, you know, um, we, we all realize, and I think every teacher is in, in the country knows that uh, we're, we're better off in person than, than completely virtual. Um, and that there needs to be some virtual options. And I think educational change because of that, but um, th 
there were really, and there still are and around the country, people who do not want to step into the building because they're scared of the virus. And, and I get that. And what I would like to, you know, as a leader, when you talk about legacy, Jamie, and, and the article talked a lot about that, is I hope at some point, you know, people would look back at the decisions that, that, that we made or, you know, leaders in, in buildings made. And um, we made it in the best interest of our students, but we also didn't sacrifice the safety of our, of our staff. And if you walk through Valley Park High School, I mean, I, I was there with the, uh, the, the, the tape measure and we were measuring desk length and we were measuring, you know, board to desk and we were measuring uh, lunch tables and how far you could sit away from each other. And again, we have an advantage because we're a very small school. And I've mentioned that many times that we can make these accommodations for our school and, and keep people six feet apart. And, and our kids are awesome that they wear masks and our staff's awesome that they're in the hallways, making sure if a kid brings it down accidentally. So um, I'm very you know excited about what we've been able to do, but I also recognize even with all the mitigation practices we put in, I still have staff members who are, you know, I have two staff members who are pregnant right now. And, and I am scared to death every day that one of them could come home, could, could leave with the virus and something could happen to their child. And I mentioned this the last, uh, the last uh, podcast that um, if we make it to May 27th and we have no um, major medical issues with our staff or our students, then this has been a successful year. Um, the learning, the, 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 the gaps, all those things people talk about, the learning loss, I, I, we'll figure that stuff out. Um, th that's all created by standards, and I don't know who's all made those standards, but uh, we, we can revisit those and say, hey, maybe, maybe this isn't what we need to be focusing on. Um, we need to focus more on the collaboration. We need to focus on the independence that these kids have learned, these, these adults have learned, the technology they've learned, and maybe less on these, these content standards that we all go back to. So um, th that's kind of where, where I've led to this, Dustin, with uh, being a leader through all this. And it's been a very interesting time. And, and I hope someday some people look back and say, you know what? He made the best decisions he could at the time. And, you know, we had a safe 2020, 2021 school year, and that's good enough. Yeah. And I think that, uh, so I'm going to transition, but one thing that this article says is in crisis, people panic. It's critical to recognize that automatic, res that automatic response and then take action. So what I think about that is when we've gone through this crisis for the last year, there's been different levels of panic, right? So like the initial panic, then panic of how am I going to educate these kids? Then panic of, oh, we're coming back from the summer oh, wait, we're only two days in, now it's four days. So there's this ebbs and flows, right? And so one of the things it talks about as well is the most effective leaders are self-aware and emotionally grounded. So there are those times also, I would say as leaders, where we have to get our stuff under control. You know, whether that's go in your office and take five minutes and, you know, do whatever and then come back out. You know, people are constantly reading your face. They're reading your body language. And if you walk with confidence, it gives them confidence. I know, if you don't, don't, you know, don't think you didn't do it when you were a teacher and you walked past the principal and tried to read that. I mean, so um, I think those things are, are we got to recognize that panic comes and goes. And as us as leaders, we somewhat can handle that at times. We better be able to handle that at times. Something I want to say about decisions that I've always kept in mind is not making a decision. You have made a decision. So if you don't make a decision, you did make a decision actually uh, by not doing that. Um, so let's talk past that. And when you start talking about making decisions, you know, one of the things is 
kind of putting a bow on that is get input, be creative, make a decision and move forward. One of the, that, one of the biggest problems with our country right now is we want to hold people accountable for, you know, things that they thought and said 10, 15 years ago, you know, like, Oh, that's that, like, we can't go back and change history. Right. So I think that's a problem too, is leadership is we know that people will look back on it, but, and that's kind of what you take on. The next part, I love this piece of it is people don't follow you because of your title or because you tell them to. They follow when they see that you are invested in their success and you are in, I'm sorry, let me say it again. They follow when they see that you are as invested in their success as you are in your own. Meta leaders attract followers through their commitment to something larger than themselves. So once you make a decision, you got to be all in on that decision. And then people follow you that. And I will tell you in my six years at Merrimack, three years at, at Blevins before, I don't know of a quote in leadership, in my opinion, that actually sums it up more than that. And like, and it, my wife and I have even had this discussion, right? Like our kids don't just listen to us because we have a dad or a mom behind, you know, with your name, like your title doesn't command that they have to do what you say. And that's, I mean, we know that every day that goes by that that happens. And I think that is super important in these crisis situations and, and then just take it out of the crisis when you're trying to create transformational change as a leader. Like they're not just going to follow because it says principal Dr. Dustin Bain or principal Ryan Looney. Like that doesn't matter, right? Um, and so I think as you go through these crises, Ryan, like you just said, to me, if I'm a staff member and I just happen to turn this podcast on and I hear the passion that you talk about about the two ladies in your building that are pregnant and what your hope is for this year. And that's the hope. Those are people that then want to follow because, Oh, this guy's about me first and what my job is second, you know? And I do think that as you watch leaders make decisions on television and in your community, I don't, I think that's a problem. I think it's very much about what decision am I supposed to make now that helped me get to the next step and not what decision am I making now for the people that I'm taking care of. And I think like what I just said there is probably what's ripped many of this country apart. Right. So thrown a lot there, any, any thoughts on that whole, it's not the title. It's really what you're doing for me type thing. Cause that to me is like what leadership's all about. Um, anything right there. I mean, uh, no, and, and no, Dustin, I'll, I'll jump right in because, um, you know, in the folks who have been loyal listeners to us know that uh, this is my second year at uh, Valley Park High School. So it's been roughly 18, 19 months now. Um, and one thing I've talked about is, you know, my, my title is the, the principal, the leader of the school, but um, due to a global pandemic, due to some rough patches we had my first three months of, of the school year, my staff doesn't know me um, like, like I wish they did. And it, I haven't had a chance to really spend much time with them. Um, we've been doing some work uh, at, at, at Valley Park, the Valley Park School District. Our leadership group's been using the Studer educational system. And if you're not familiar with it, um, again, they, they do awesome work. And uh, I've been working with uh, Joanne Sturkey, who's just awesome. And, and she, she's an awesome listener and gives great advice and a great questioner, you know, just one of those persons who listens and then questions. Um, but 
one thing she's really talked to me about is again, you know, as a leader, you, you need to make sure that you're, you, you, I could, I could go this and make all the excuses about, well, it's a global pandemic. You know, they, the staff hasn't got to know me. Her question is, well, what are you doing to, to get to know them? And uh, you know, so she's, she's given me some rounding techniques. And if you don't know much about rounding, it's a, it's an intentional um, check-in with your, with, with, people who are employees of yours or people you have contact with. It could be parents, it could be um, students. And uh, you go and you kind of just check in with them and you ask some very basic questions. But the last question is, hey, what can I do to help support you at school or or you in your personal life? And that rounding and that last question has absolutely changed the relationships I've had with, with many of the staff. Because again, I don't think they didn't like me. I just don't think they really didn't get, to, they hadn't had a chance to really get to know me. So this intentional process has helped me be a leader who, who listens and, and tries to understand. And then again, I'm not always going to be able to, you know, support them in exactly how it needs to be done. I mean, I, like I said before, I have, I have staff who the support would be, Hey, shut school down for, you know, until this pandemic's over. And, and I don't believe that we should be out of school. I, I really don't. I think we, we need to have the option to be in school as long as we can make sure that we have mitigated the chance of the virus to spread in our, in our school. And I think we've done those things. So again, you know, that, that title stuff, you know, I, I never thought that. And again, making sure that you're intentionally getting to, to your staff's level and, and letting them get to know you, but also knowing that you're there to support them is just something that will, you know, it, it'll help you immensely as you move forward. So um, I was recently in a meeting with a, a school leader who was, you know, talking to his staff just about <clears throat> as we continue to make these changes and, and pivot, as you know, is, is a hub word that we're gonna lock arms and, and walk down this hill together. And, you know, I, it, in my mind, I have the, the football players doing that. I guess that's probably because of my lived experience, but just walking into the challenge together, um, hand in hand. And so that, that just makes me think one of that humility, you know, there are probably three, three leaders that I've had the privilege of, of working directly with, right? They're, they were either my supervisor or, or a colleague that had this connectivity piece, which the, the article goes way into connectivity and um, what you all talked about, like talking about the relationships. Um, and the, the article specifically calls out this, the keys to success here are communication, coordination and collaboration. And I think about those three leaders that are, you know, are in my mind most days and just think about the ways in which they led people, right? Not by their title, but by the ways that they communicated, the relationships that were built because of that communication, that trust that was built, um, just the coordinated efforts, uh, a couple other notes and, and connections to just coordination and collaboration are Michael Fullan's work on leadership and, and the need for coherence of efforts towards solving, solving problems, right? Towards change. Um, and I think that's exactly what we're talking, talking about here. And um, so well, that connectivity piece. So Jamie it was almost like, again, like I told you to say it, cause that I'm looking at it highlighted in my, in the article here. And it says the secrets to success are communication, coordination, and collaboration. So everything we've talked about to this point is about the leader, the leader. And I will tell you, I work for a leader in Dr. Patel at uh, the Fox School District superintendent. 
um, transitioning to Clayton School District, uh, where Ryan came from, I, she does an amazing job at communicating, coordinating, and collaborating. And the piece about that is I'm going to go all the way back about leaders making decisions. And I think combining the two, you have a leader and you have this title. And because they're a leader and because they have this title, they think they have to make the decision. And they forget about um, the communication and then the coordination, but the collaboration. And what I think is huge and what this article kind of hits on is, in a way, is empower those around you to help you make the decision. You know, people may not necessarily agree, but if they feel like they had a voice and in some way changed or influenced the decision, they will, that, that outcome of what the final decision is will sit better with them. And I know that people and leaders get worried about, well, is this person going to be the one that's like, well, I told them to do this and they decided to do that. Well, if you build the right culture where you use that and you empower them, I think that they'll be fine with that. But that collaboration piece, now, ultimately, you have to be the one giving the message and, and making that decision. But man, having a strong leadership team around you, whatever that looks like, is absolutely vital to moving things forward in, in, in a regular time. But then in a crisis mode, I don't know how many times I've gone to my leadership team and they've actually come up with the um, decision that I eventually communicate. And it wasn't even me that came up with it. You know, something as simple as how are we going to do open house this year when they can't come in the school? We start talking and somebody's like, well, what do you think about a drive through open house? Or what do you think about this? And boom, all of a sudden you have this. Just because you're the principal doesn't mean you have to come up with the answer. So, Jamie, I think you're spot on with that. And right after that, I don't know if you saw uh, in that piece I have it highlighted called Swarm Leadership. Um, uh, and it just talks about the highly collaborative leadership um, of the Boston Marathon bombing response. Um, and how it just talks about how they swarmed to take care of the crisis uh, situation. Um, they, you know, leaders who create the right conditions and model swarm behaviors increase collaborative interactions and de-emphasize competitive ones, you know. Um, and I see that happening in our school, so I'm happy with that after six years. And, and that takes time, right? But that swarm leadership, man, that makes it a lot easier when a team is making decisions instead of one person making decisions. So Jamie, I kind of felt like I cut you off there, but you got me excited. Anything you want to add to that or Ryan? Well, I just think about all the groundwork that you lay as a leader leading up to that swarm yeah. moment. Yeah. Because if you haven't done the work as a leader, you're not going to, you're not going to get that swarm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No one so, does. I'm just, I'm just excited that uh, it, take six years because I'm wondering when my <laughs> moment's coming. So uh, we, I, I know we have some work to do and uh, it sounds like I have a little time. I know it didn't take you six years, but uh, um, I, I know that that is kind of part of where you have to get to is uh, again, getting voice from everybody. And, and again, and, and a lot of, a lot of instances this year, we've been able to gather teacher voice, student voice, uh, stakeholder voice, and and use that feedback. And again, we haven't, you know, pleased everybody, but I think when people have the voice, but there's also been times this year where it's had to be top down. And, yeah. and that is another part of the, you know, especially in a crisis where there isn't time to gather as much feedback as you'd like to, and you have to make a decision that you know is going to be unpopular. And 
there's been a few times this year where I've had to say, you know, I know there's going to be some people who, who really uh, disagree with this, but uh, I, I just need you to support it. Um, you know, publicly, you need to support it. If you disagree with it, come in privately and have a conversation with me. And, uh, you know, I'll explain my reasoning a little bit more, but uh, um, that, that's really helped. And, and again, I hope to get there at some point. You know what, actually, I'll tell you, Ryan, this is like kind of going off script here because this is all about leadership is I will tell you that this is my sixth year at Merrimack and, you know, it's a blur. Six years is a blur. And if you ask me how you get to this point, you know, there's certain things I can, but I think some things just happen over time. But I will say this is one of the first years when things come up, I have found myself not even having to react because I know Sarah, my outstanding counselor is going to take, you know, she felt the like she put together a Wednesday is our virtual day, an academic club where she's coordinating kids that have to come in and working with the teachers. You know, my assistant principal is making sure the NWA, like, I think you just have to play that out. But then what is great is I do feel like I have put emphasis on that swarm leadership that I needed leadership team that one, you're important to the building. It's not like a meeting you have to come through once a month just because we have to do it. It's that you have influence, um, that you're going to be a part of what we do here. They are a part of it, and you give them opportunity, you know, um, and you reward them, you know, you reward them for that opportunity. I do, I think this is my first time in six years that I feel like there's certain times where I don't even have to say anything and it's just taken care of but that doesn't happen overnight. There's a lot of trust. There's a lot of collaboration. There's a lot of communication that has to happen to get to that point. And I think that I would say, Ryan, if there's leaders out there that have only been to a, a place one or two, we know where we want to go. So if that's the vision, the problem is we want to get there yesterday. And so it just takes time. And I love when you start talking about doing rounds, you know, and round, like that's the stuff that gets you there when they feel like, they're working for Ryan Looning, not Dr. Ryan Looning. They're working for Ryan, not Dr. Looning. You know, there's that personal relationship there. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, all, I mean, this article has kind of got me going here. So uh, late at night, so after technical difficulties. So as we move along here, one of the last things, and we'll kind of see where it goes there as we get short on time here, but I thought the end was kind of interesting. He talks about every crisis has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And through its course, crisis, they call it the arcs of time. Um, and it's like what was, what is now, and what will be, right? So how strange has this pandemic been of like how many times did we think the what will be is around the corner? Like it's, it's next month. You know, and then I saw, I just saw it on the post-dispatch, you know, I, I don't even know if I should spout it out about, you know, uh, President Biden said he thinks by the summer, everybody will be vaccinated, you know, like, <clears throat> okay, so now you have this next checkpoint that you get in your head and then it gets, you know, like, so to think back in March, oh, we'll do this for four or five weeks. And then, and like, here we are, you know, a year later, like, how do you as a leader deal with that? Because the arc of time and some things is so set, you know, a school year is an arc of time. You know what that arc of time is. How do you deal with an arc, a moving target? Um, and how do you deal with what, you know, what was, what is, and what will be? Um, 
you know, just some, you know, some natural reactions you guys have about that arc of time and how maybe that, that sits in your brain. Well, I'm going to move back earlier in just pull upon a couple things earlier in the article. So they talk about being relentlessly curious, mm -hmm. right? So asking yeah. those questions, probing, you know, we just talked about the, having a team around you. I think you have to have that support. And, and when you talk about the arc of time, I, my, my first question is like, are we in the middle of this? Mm -hmm. Or are we still in the beginning? And, and mm -hmm. how do we know? Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I think that also brings up the, the, just the mental health and, and, and yeah, having that, absolutely. Uh, that team with you for that purpose too. Like I, I worry all the time and I, you know, you, you start watching the trends of administrators who are, and teachers who are retiring early um, just be maybe because of that uncertainty of where we are uh, on that arc or, you know, are we still in the beginning? Are we getting close to the end? Um, and no one really has those answers, but um, yeah, those are some things you know, you know, uh, what the, what will be like, like what's next. I kind of gave up on that like nine months ago, you know, like be having conversation with teachers be like, well, in a month, like, ah, I'm not worried about a month from now. Like seriously, like, well, we'll let's just get through this month right now. And I will tell you, I say that kind of flippantly, but I think what I saw within our building was, okay, we're in hybrid in a month and a half. We're going to be back four days K through two. Then in three weeks after that, we're going to be four days K through five. Guess what never happened? Any of it. So then you get teachers and you get people, community members hyped up about something that's going to happen. And then it doesn't. Then what happens? <clears throat> Let down, you know, then you build them up for another thing. <clears throat> Let down. And so I think at some point as leaders, we kind of have to say, yeah, I'd love to think about what will be but that's going to drive my people insane. How about we deal with what has happened? What did we learn from that? And what is going on right now? What is it that we can do right now or the next two weeks from now to make things manageable? And like going back to Ryan said, let's be okay with being okay. Let's get through to March. Then let's get the spring break and kind of go back to that old school checkpoint of a school year um, because I do think like you just said, Jamie, where are we in this process? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, you know, but I know it hurts my head to think past a couple weeks, you know? Um, but I thought that arc of time thing was just kind of interesting to bring up as a, as a point there, Ryan, anything you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, you, you got me, both of you guys got me going pretty good there. And, uh, you know, I, I hope at the, whenever the end of this is, cause you're, you're right. We, we have no idea where we're at right now, but, uh, I, I hope we're all able to look back and be proud of what we've, we've accomplished and what we did during this time. And there was no perfect answers. Um, so, so everything we did was, you know, unprecedented and, and we've, we, we need to be proud of, of how we've gotten through this, regardless of what has happened. Uh, you just mentioned it, Dustin, we got to be okay with, you know, being okay where we're at right now and, uh, you know, just getting through one day at a time and, um, you know, looking, it is kind of neat to start looking at 21-22 and, and hoping that um, it's a more normal school year and starting making your plans, you know, at the high school level where we started registration uh, for 21-22 and we're, we're getting all those things together. So you're starting to think about the, the normal things. And, and the last thing I hope that uh, people take from this, uh, this whole 
pandemic is uh, you have to do take care of yourself too, mentally and physically. Um, it has been such a, a, a bad time for, for depression and isolation and those type of things. And um, for whatever reason around, you know, September, October, I, I decided I was done with that part of the pandemic of, of being isolated and depressed. Now I make really good decisions. I'm not going out and being stupid, but I go out and run. Um, I, I've been lifting. I haven't lifted in years and I'm actually lifting weights, uh, stuff that I hadn't done previously. Um, and I'm feeling much better about myself because physically I've taken better care of myself in the last three or four months. And, uh, my basketball coach, I'll drop him a, a, a you know, big, big line here, uh, Jason Fry, and he's at Coach Fry, F-R-Y. Um, he's our Valley Park basketball coach. He's also a, a leadership guru, and uh, he does some work with a lot of corporations and companies. And uh, he's got me on a 12-week uh, healthy leader challenge that I'm with uh, uh, members of the corporate world, other educational leaders, coaches from across the United States. And um, it's really neat. We do seven minutes of at least seven minutes of exercise a day, seven minutes of meditation a day, seven minutes of reading a day and seven minutes of reflection a day. Again, that's 28 minutes. So he's not asking us to go crazy and do, do, do stuff that's uh, you can't fit in your day. But man, the, the, the reading and reflection is so good for me as I uh, and then we share it, which is really cool then. So uh, we share it with him and then he shares it with the, the rest of, you know, he shares some tidbits for to the rest of the group. And you feel like you're learning from, you know, I'm, there's some Fortune 500 uh, company leaders who are in this group. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm learning from this person. And, you know, they're, they're learning from some dip crap, uh, you know, principal <laughs> from Valley Park. Uh, maybe they're learning, I don't know, or maybe they're laughing, one of the two. But uh, again, you know, I think there's so much we've learned. And again, I, I do hope people are taking care of themselves mentally and physically too that's uh, that's a challenge that we're in jamie and i were talking about it before the uh, meeting came on that we were you know trying to do better and taking care of ourselves physically because uh, we know when we're physically healthier we're, we're going to be mentally healthier and we're going to feel better about ourselves yeah i think uh last year we did a, a podcast and i was telling them before by the data it's um actually our most listened to podcast it's about leading through um crisis and so if you haven't listened to it, maybe you can go back and, and listen to it, but that's been by numbers. And one of the words we used in there, and I just want to kind of put a bow on this one is um, it's always an opportunity for building enduring transformational change. So we talked about last year, we ca I can still remember doing the podcast, like we kept saying, whatever, whenever we get through this, we want to take the great things. We don't want to go back to normal. I was pretty adamant. Let's not go backwards. Um, and now a year into this, there's going to be transformational change. I think our brains and our mental state are in different ways. Um, whether it's the virtual options for kids that struggle to learn in person in a classroom, um, whether it's just the way we uh, <laughs> understand how kids need to get from year to year. I don't know. Um, I think we all are kind of dealing with the process, but when we get out of this, there's going to be transformational change. I'd be disappointed in the educational system if there's not, um, but we'll see. But I think that's something to think about and kind of an inspiring point to end on here is that when we do, when you go back to the arc of this and we are in the what is right now, but when we get on the other place of what will be, I think what will be is transformational change. So that's my positive piece for today is that what will be, what will be is transformational change. 
what does that look like? I don't think that we should start down that road quite yet. I don't know that our brains and our capacity are, are ready too much for that. So let's end on uh, that note. Uh, thanks for joining us in the month of February. Looking forward to coming to you sooner uh, rather than later. Uh, pass on the word. Again, subscribe. <coughs> excuse me. Subscribe. Hit us up on Spotify, iTunes. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Um, we're all on Twitter. Dr. Dustin Bain, Dr. Ryan Looning, Dr. Jamie Wellborn. We're all out there. Um, lead on the go at gmail.com. We're always looking forward to getting in touch with you guys and pass along. So have a good one. Stay safe. We'll listen to you next time.